The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast for Thursday. I'm Jeff Erickson. Today is April, uh, Thursday, April 22nd, Earth Day. Uh, also, it's going to be Closer Day here because I've got Rotowire's Ryan Roof, who runs our Closer Grid. Uh, he's uh, won three out of the last four Rotowire Staff Keeper Leagues. He has done very well in the NFPC, including just winning his way into the NFPC main event for next year. Uh, but he's also done well in the Rotowire Online Championship on multiple occasions. Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Um, been a longtime listener of the podcast, uh, first time caller. So, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, happy to join. Yeah, I'm excited. Glad to have you uh, doing that. So, I know you do a handful of things for us. I know at one point, I think you covered the Indians for us. Uh, what else do you do? Yeah, it was actually the Astros. Um, Astros. That's how I started with Rotowire about eight years ago. Um, okay. Started on the Astros beat and then um, contributed to the Fantasy Baseball magazine a bit, um, just doing the team preview, player outlooks. Um, I've done some columns. I used to do a DFS column a long time ago um, for DraftKings. I've pinch hit on the barometer. Um, I've done the fab article. Nice. So uh, um, also do the, uh, for those that don't know, Rotowire has an ex- ask an expert feature. Uh, if you go to log into your Rotowire account, go to the more uh, option on your on your navigation ribbon there, um, you'll see Ask an Expert. And you can uh, submit your questions, uh, trade advice, lineup advice. Um, so I, I started doing that in, in 2014 and still do it to this day. So Nice. And that is one thing that you know not everybody realizes, all, all the things we do in the background. And it's great that you pointed out that feature. Ask an Expert, uh, you get your, put your question in. Um, and then you get, we'll get back to you within 24 hours during football season. You know, with all lineup questions, we get back to you before kickoff. So, highly encourage you to use that feature, especially if you get any yeah. questions. Yeah, context is important. Like a number of teams in your league, scoring format. Um, just be sure to to include that when you submit. That's right. That's right. 
Uh, let's jump off with news of the day. Denelson Lamette uh, only went a couple innings before leaving with a forearm strain. Bat, you know, it's his first start. We were hoping he'd go a little deeper. We, you know, we we're hoping he could make it through. Uh, after they they treated him with kid gloves, and then he had to uh, miss the play- after missing the playoffs last year. Got the PRP injection, uh, and he left with right forearm tightness. Yeah, it's devastating for the Padres. Uh, good thing they traded for all that starting pitching depth this offseason yeah. because uh, they just lost Adrian Morahan to, to Tommy John, who had surgery this week. Um, you know, Paddock hasn't been good um, either, so you know it, it's a it's a hit to them. Um, you know, Ryan Weathers, I think, uh, has been has been pitching, but he's uh, you know he hasn't pitched a lot. I think he's topped out at around 100 innings in the minors. Um, right max so i have to think this injury you know pending results of the mri you know expedites mcgenzie gore's path to the majors yeah you would think that but i mean they've had multiple chances now to call gore up and true you know they haven't gone that route i think they want to see him develop at triple a minor league season starts on may 4th and my and my hunch is that they really want to see him work in the minors for a while uh I think it will be Weathers for now. I think you'll see Gore at some point this season. I just don't think yep. it's going to be immediately. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Padres lead the big leagues in ERA right now. So, I mean, and that was without Lamette. So, yeah, um, they're they're doing pretty well. Um, you know, it, it is it does hurt uh, Lamette's absence, but um, you know. That they seem to be doing well without him. So, <laughs> I, I I would highly recommend going and getting Weathers. Uh, James Anderson has him pretty high on our prospect list, forty uh, ninth on our prospect list. Uh, he's in our top three hundred in dynasty rankings. Yeah, he, you know the issue with him is how deep is he going to be able to go into games? He uh, went three and two thirds right. scoreless in his last start against the Dodgers, but this pretty much cements that he's going to be back in the rotation for I think a while now. Yeah, I have uh, Weathers in a couple draft champions leagues. Um, I actually started them this week. Um, nice. So um, that's pretty fortunate. Do you have Lamette anywhere? Or Weathers? No, uh, I, I don't have either. I, I would. Li- I think Weathers will be available in some places. Lamette, I was fading for the price. I just same. I, I I needed a big discount. He was one of those guys. I just thought it was. It, it, I, I was rooting for him to beat the beat the uh, expectations. But I was pretty pessimistic. Same, yeah. I avoided him um, in draft champions leagues early on. He was he was kind of going in that Alcantara Musgrove range, and I, I prefer those guys anyway. And then a little bit later on um, in online championship drafts, it, he, you know, he went a bit later, but still not late enough for my liking. I mean, that Savali Stroman range, I, I I highly preferred those guys. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't have him anywhere either. Yeah, I, I I would go out and get Weathers in almost every format. Um, yep. I, I would even go get them in, uh, you know, twelve team mix, maybe even a ten team mix. Uh, you know, just the, the the issue for him is, you know, can he go five innings on a regular basis? I think that's maybe a concern. But yes, aside from that, I think that's I think I go grab him if you can. Yeah, great strikeout rate, solid ratios. Yeah, the the concern is the innings. I mean, he's topped out at i think three and two-thirds this year was was his max so you know maybe he'll go four maybe five wouldn't expect much more than that though yeah and you know thing about him too is you know a good team good bullpen behind him uh you know he's going to get some more often than not when they don't face when he doesn't face the when they don't face the brewers he's going to get run support 
Uh, so there's that too. Right. I, I wouldn't use him tonight uh, for tonight's start though against the Dodgers. I know he pitched well against them last time, but grab him. You know, you know, and maybe even if he gets knocked around a little bit, you'll be able to get him cheaper and fab this on, on Sunday too, which is nice. Right. But if you have like first come first serve pickups like I do in one league, I grabbed them. I'm not going to use them today, uh, but I, I will happily have them on my roster. Yep, I'm All with right. you. Let's move on. A's are red hot. They've won 11 in a row. It took a lot of luck yesterday, though. Uh, they uh, there's a you know just comedy of errors in the uh, uh, the bottom of the tenth inning. And two outs, they get you know it. it to the fault of Alex Colomay, he put a couple of guys on and walked a couple of guys. But then the game should have been over with a ground ball to second base. That was biffed. And then they had a ground ball to third base, and Luis Arias threw one of the worst throws I've ever seen uh, to end the game, a two-run throwing error. So they've now won 11 in a row, red-hot team. Yeah, it's surprising, you know, especially after their start. You know, the it, it's kind of funny to see, you know, the Astros start, I think, 6-1, and one, and they've been terrible since. You know, some of that's been injuries. But, you know, and, and Oakland started, you know, poorly and, and, you know, have gone on this run. So it's 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 fun to see. Um, I have a few eight shares of A's. I have no Loriano, but uh, I have Matt Olson in a few spots, and, you know, he's hitting the ball well, and when he's on, he's on. So... Um. Yeah, it's uh, fun to fun to watch the ride. I'm sure our friend Scott Jenstad is pretty happy about this uh, this yeah. winning streak. Although it's it always comes with a gray lining. Uh, in the main, he took Alex Colomay as like kind of the last closer in that tier, even though he doesn't like him, and it's he's lived down to expectations. So I, I it's funny to see him like his close his bad closer against his team. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I have Colomay in a few spots, too. Um, you know, he, he didn't do himself any favors yesterday, but but yeah, the, the defense behind him was was awful. Uh, I did see that throw from from Arias and yeah, but he had no chance yeah. <laughs> to get that at first. So what happened there? I mean, did, 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 I mean, it just how do you I guess it's just a little bit of pressure, but it was almost like, OK, he's trying to he's trying too hard not to rush it. And I yeah. see that where it's too, he had too much time. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, cause he started the game at second and then you move over to third from a, cause uh, Donaldson got pinch run for. So, yeah. you know, maybe you're just, you know, making that short throw all game and then you, you move over there and it's, I mean, these are big leaguers though. They should make that throw. So <laughs> Matt, Olson, <laughs> Homer, Matt Olson, Homer twice in that game. Uh, yep. So did Nelson Cruz. Buxton hit another big shot. Man, Buxton's just locked in when he's healthy. Just stay healthy, please. Yeah, he's hitting four thirty-two. Like he's like between him and Acuna, they're they're my two biggest FOMO players. Yeah. Um, and he saved the uh, Twins in the eighth inning with a diving catch. Uh, I think it was the eighth inning. Uh, it was just beautiful diving catch, Rob medals and of extra bases, and was a huge situation there. Yeah, uh, great defense. Obviously, every time he dives, though, you, you kind of cringe just right. to make sure you know make sure he gets up. But yeah, he's a fun player to watch. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, the sprint speed's still there. He's not running that much. I guess it's hard to steal bases when you're hitting at 450. Right, <laughs> when you're hitting home runs every time. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Um, all right, uh, news on Ronald Acuna is he could be back on Friday. Uh, this is good news. This was what you know when when they said it was day to day. 
That was kind of the scenario we were hoping for. Miss the two games against the Yankees, have the extra off day on Thursday, come back Friday. We'll see what happens there. But, uh, you know, if you had to make your moves for the entire week, if you're not in an NFBC format, if you're in a normal format, did you start him this week? Or would you? Um, Probably. I mean, if he was day-to-day, yeah. I probably would have started them and, yeah. and just run them out there. Three games. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's a tough call. Yeah, it's, it's always tough because you don't want to take a zero, right? Um, so, but I mean, he's so good. I mean, three games of Acuna could be, you know, better than whoever you're replacing him with. So, yep. Unless that happens to be Adolis Garcia, uh, in which case, then then you you've got some other other FOMO going on there. I have FOMO with Adolis Garcia. Uh, so do Cardinal fans, by the way. This is another Cardinal outfielder that they traded away that's uh done well elsewhere albeit in like five and nine games so far but he had he had himself a series against the angels big homer yesterday comeback win over the angels he's uh had two you know two of the three games in anaheim he looked really good yeah um you know when he first uh broke out this season i had to look him up because i i still i still don't know too much about him i just know he doesn't get on base base too much um but he's off to a great start i, I wonder if this is gonna be similar to the aristides aquino uh debut you know in his rookie year where he just goes crazy for a while and then drops off you know yeah that could be um but uh yeah he had a great series against the angels um even ran a few times on the base pass got caught stealing both times but um you know it could you know, while he's hot, he could be a great fantasy asset. He's not that young. He's 28 years old. Uh, I think people mm-hmm. need to know that. He came from Cuba, which is one of the reasons why he's why he was old for the level. However, he spent parts of three years in AAA, full two, basically two full years, 2018, 2019. He had uh, just three games last year with Texas. Uh, when he last played a full season, he had 22 walks, 159 Ks at AAA. When you're striking right. out that much at AAA. Good chance you're going to strike out a lot at the big league level. I mean, I think this is a fun story, but I think this. I think you're right. I think the Aquino uh, comparison is apt. I think when they start pitchers start throwing more breaking things to him, it's going to be pretty ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Um, you know, and it's. I think uh, he's probably getting this playing time because Leody Tavares has been so bad. I mean, yeah. I, I know you're a Tavares owner like me. Um, that's just been brutal. He's been, you know. He's been sitting, I think, three of the last four games. So, you know, Garcia steps in, just starts crushing the ball. And, um, yeah, we'll see how long it lasts. Yeah. He got, uh, I'll say this Tavares got two walks yesterday. Uh, but, yeah, you got to hit for average at some point. He's in 93, not 193, not 293, but 093 uh, right yeah. now. Uh, I'm assuming to be former. Uh, Leody Tavares <laughs> rosterer. Uh, Same. <laughs> I, I think it's that's coming and right soon. And the thing is, I, you hold on a little extra long just because hey, he can run. He does have two stolen bases, woohoo! But you know he's dipping down into the shields and you know uh, Malik Smith territory pretty soon. Uh, it's not looking pretty. Yeah, striking out in almost half of his plate appearances. Um, you know he does have some some pop. So I mean. Who knows, you know, if he can start hitting the ball <laughs> over 100, um, you know, maybe maybe we'll reap some of the rewards that uh, we thought we were getting when we drafted him. You know, very fast. He but, had four um, plate appearances yesterday, did not put the ball in play at all. He, he walked twice and K twice. 
Uh, yeah. And he had, for that matter, and his last hit was on April 15th. All right. We're, we're piling. I'm piling on at least right now. Um, so <laughs> we'll move on from that. Enough, leave, leave poor Leody alone. Uh, he, yeah. <laughs> he already knows what he's done. We don't need yep. to remind him about that. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's move from that uh, and start talking a little bit about your Cleveland Indians. I know you're a big Indians fan. Are you? And you are you in the uh, Greater Cleveland area? Yeah, I'm in a suburb about um, 15 minutes from downtown Cleveland. Um, yeah, big Indians fan. Uh, it was exciting in the '90s, you know, growing up. You know, with those stacked lineups. Uh, yep. You know, Bell, Lofton, Bayerga. Um, so yeah, certainly a big Indians fan it was really tough. Um, you know, and I know, I, I knew this was coming. I knew Lindor was going to get traded, but it was just so tough just to see that come to fruition. Um, it was just so fun to watch, like just smiling, having fun, you know, it, it, it was a little disappointing. Well, yeah, homegrown but, uh, player, you know, he, he, he came up through your farm system, you know, you're like, this is our star and right. until he isn't. And it'd be one thing if, like, they traded him, but then were aggressive getting other players, but they weren't. Right. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see how Jimenez and, and Rosario pan out. Um, I don't know. I wasn't too thrilled with the with the return, but so it goes. So it um, goes. But yeah, big big Indians fan. Uh, um, it's was snowing here on the past couple of days, so uh, they got. Uh, uh, canceled yesterday or postponed uh, for due to inclement weather. Um, still snow on the ground here, so I'm wondering uh, if tonight's game is uh, going to be in jeopardy against the Yankees. Uh, they start a four-game set this uh, tonight, but um, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, they, they probably are equipped to clear that a little bit quicker there by the stadium, but we'll see about that. Uh, the thing about yeah. Cleveland is that, that they've done a great job developing pitchers over the years. Uh, Shane Bieber. You know, Zach Plesak, you know, last two outings notwithstanding. Uh, Savali, Aval looked really good. McKenzie and Logan Allen, I, I mean, McKenzie pitched really well against the Reds. He didn't get much support after that. Uh, and that, you know, didn't get much run support or, or, and then a little bit of defensive support to the bullpen in that extra inning game. But, uh, you know, he's, he's pitched okay. He's had to stay healthy. But do they have some secret sauce in terms of development or in terms of, like, finding the right guys to draft? How do they keep on cranking out the pitchers? Yeah, they just have great uh, pitching development. Ruben Niebla, I believe his name is. Um, you just they've just keep grinding them out, and, and it's you know when you when you look at the team and and how you know they approach the season, you know with the payroll especially, you know you have to trust in what they've done thus far. I mean, they keep you know like you said, Bieber, Savali, Plesac. Um, before that, it was, you know, Sabathia and, and Cliff Lee and, um, you know, all these Cy Young winners. So you, you kind of have to trust what they're doing, um, you know, and it's it's unfortunate, uh, you know, we're back in, into a phase where, you know, the payroll is, is minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, they do they do a wonderful job with uh, on pitching development. And uh, it's exciting. they got a lot of young arms, too. Um, I know we'll talk about the Staff Keeper League later, but... Um, some of their some of their young guys there, you know, made it a point to target Cleveland's young arms because they do such a good job uh, developing pitchers. I targeted the wrong young Cleveland arm in Cal Quantrill. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like he's going to get that chance in the rotation. In fact, he doesn't get that many chances to pitch. Period. So, 
He's a cut. Yeah, it was strange. Uh, <laughs> we were like a week into the season, and he had pitched like an inning. I yeah. was like, <laughs> "What's going on here?" Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he enters the rotation at some point this year. I don't know. I, I, I still think you know Logan Allen's still pretty young. Uh, early returns have been pretty good, um, but you know they could make a swap there at some point. I know those two are competing with each other in spring training for for that for that fifth spot. Um, so. What, Maybe Quantrill enters a rotation at some point. What's your take on uh, Zach Plesac after these last two outings against the White Sox? Uh, not worried. Um, you know, it's the White Sox. They got a great lineup. Um, still uh, expect him to finish the season with double-digit wins, ERA under four. I, w- I wouldn't expect, you know, a, a, a two ERA or anything like that. Um, I would I would say like 3.6 to 3.9-ish. Um but still, uh, you know, even with those rough outings, he's only walked two batters in 18 innings. So um, not too concerned about it. Um, you know, the, the game against the White Sox where he didn't get out of the first, he just he just looked like he was just defeated. And you just got to pull him at that point, you know, start over. Sure. So he'll sense. rebound. I'm not too worried about him. And then Aaron Savali, he's going to pitch tonight after yesterday's game got postponed. He's taking that next step up. Is this, you know, there was, a, there was some buzz on him going into draft season. It's not like this was totally unforeseen. Were you one of those people that was all over Savali? Oh, yeah, I was all over him. Uh, he was, uh, um, after I got my first two-ish starters, you know, in the first couple of rounds, you know, I waited on pitching uh, because that, you know, rounds 10 to 13-ish um, were just filled with guys I love. Savali, Stroman, tie on uh kluber i was on for a minute you know no i'm not not so confident in that but uh yeah uh savali's been great um he's another one of those guys where again it made it a point to target him because you know the pitching development here in cleveland so um who's the next one coming up who should we be on the lookout for as when he gets the call like ooh, we should we should take we should grab him um, so I think uh, I've saw some clips of Ethan Hankins. I don't know if uh, he yeah. might be next year. Um, Daniel Spino is too far away. He's, he's kind of another one of their uh, highly touted uh, prospects. But um, I yeah. saw uh, the one Hankins, uh, Jeff, I saw or, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, it was I think it was a GIF, not a JPEG, but uh, or video, I guess it was, is when he gave up. Uh, the bomb to uh, the Reds prospect Austin, I think uh, Kendrick or Hendrick. Um, oh right, yeah. And he had he had this laughing expression on. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, on the mound. It's just kind of because they they were working at, you know, they, they trained at the same facility. Austin Hendrick, that's it. Uh, and. It, it was it was a pretty funny uh, reaction to it there, but then I saw another positive. I, re- I read a port report on him yesterday that was pretty optimistic, so that was fun to see. Yeah, I think uh, probably the next one, next man up is Scott Moss. Um, okay. Pitched in AAA last year or in 2019. Um, 26 years old, a um, little bit of control problems, but he, he does have a nice strikeout rate, so. Uh, maybe maybe he's the next man up. He's a lefty, so um, maybe we'll see him at some point this year. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. We talked a little bit about the pitching for the Indians. Of course, hitting is the issue. They're, they're good at run prevention, not so great at run scoring. Uh are we going to see some reinforcements at some point? Is Tyler Freeman going to get the call? How about Nolan Jones? Are we going to see the, those guys this year? I would think so. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been frustrating from, from uh, to watch this team uh, hit you know near the Mendoza line. Uh, I believe they're twenty eighth with a two hundred nine batting average or something like that. It's 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 bad, um, and it's. You know, some of those guys, Bobby Bradley, I would expect to see. Um, he had a great spring. Yeah, he did. 300 this spring, a couple home runs. Um, not sure why they sent him down. Um, instead, we're rolling out, you know, Jake Bowers, who's hitting under 200, and Yu Chang, who's hitting around 200. Um, maybe Nolan Jones gets some first base reps uh, this, uh, you know, in, in AAA. 
I would expect him to start the season there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would think Bradley is probably next in line, uh, might rejuvenate the offense a little bit, does strike out a lot. So, but, um, I would think he's up next. Um, and, and what they were doing in center field, like was so <laughs> confusing, Oscar Mercado is expected to open as the everyday center fielder right. in, during spring. And then, you know, a couple of weeks before spring ended, he was sent to minor league camp. Uh, yeah, understandably. Early send down. It wasn't even like a last cut. It was a right. early cut. Right. Um, well, and it, and it was deserved. He had 214 this spring. Uh, he, I think he had like a 300 OPS last year or something, something terrible. But, you know, they opened the season with this this strange platoon of Ben Gamble, who was recently sent to uh, the alternate site. Um, Ahmed Rosario is getting time there after committing about 15 errors in center field <laughs> during spring. Uh, but Jordan Luplo, man, he's been our best hitter. Yeah, five home runs leads a team. Eleven RBIs leads a team. Uh, crushes lefties. Um, didn't expect him to see time in center field, but that's that's where um, that's where he's been. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of, well, it's not like Naylor can play center, and they don't want Eddie Rosario playing center. So there you go. That's almost a default position there. Uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting to see what they're going to do going forward. If it's maybe accelerates, maybe Jones plays outfield for all we know. Can is Jones fast at all? Can he cover any, any ground or is he pretty much stuck in a corner? I think he was, I think he was getting reps in the corner spots. Um, I would expect Daniel Johnson to get some time this, uh, in center field this season. Um, he had a great spring also. Yeah. He's a prospect. He's 25 years old. Um, he's been in triple a for a couple of years. Um, I mean, he's been up and down. he, yeah, he, he, I think he was on the opening day roster last year, if I recall correctly. But yep. yeah, I got a got a cup of coffee with him last year, but um, he's hit well at every stop in the minors. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what he did to the team to make him keep him down <laughs> for as long. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think they'll turn to him at some point this summer. Okay, uh, we'll see about that. So we'll see if there's some replacements on the way, some reinforcements. Doesn't seem like they're going to invest big, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, we'll, it, they'll they'll have to go go the small ball instead. Uh, my guess is Ryan Rufi is Rotowire's uh, manages our closer grid. As as alluded, he does a lot of asking expert questions. He's a big Indians fan. Uh, has covered the Astros for us before. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of other stuff. We're, in fact, this is a good time to start talking closers because yesterday. There was a lot of closer chaos. Seems like every day there is, Ryan, but uh, yesterday seemed pretty uh, astute. We'll go to the, my, uh, unfortunately, in my neck of the woods and the Reds and Amir Garrett, who is just not right right now. Yeah, what what are the Reds doing with this usage? Um, you know, before yesterday, um, you know, and the day before, he had seven days between appearances. Yep. I think, uh, you know, that type of long layoff. I mean, you're messing with the guy's confidence a little bit there, uh, maybe shaking off some rust. But yeah, he was he was uh, <laughs> he was not good. Yeah, he didn't against, play any uh, of the, the three. Uh, he didn't pitch in any of the three games against the Cardinals to open the season. Got into uh, two games against the, the Pirates, uh, closing situation in one of them. Uh, gave up a homer on that one. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, he hasn't had a clean inning yet. Every single uh, inning he's pitched, something has gone on. He had a scoreless inning against the Diamondbacks once, but he walked two guys. Uh, this was an extra innings, actually. This is uh, one of his two saves, uh, but even that one was a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, and then 
you know, they had the, the game where the triple play game against Cleveland where he gave up three rockets. Just happened to be the third one was right at Votto, and it led to a triple play uh, that bailed him out. I mean, he has not had a good clean outing yet after being completely dominant in spring. Uh, and it's his fastball. His fastball is yeah. terrible. Uh, it, yeah. He can't locate it, when, and it's getting hit when it's in the zone. Uh, it, almost all the damage is coming against that fastball, and you hate to see it. I mean, his slider is, is wicked, but when you've you got to be able to throw number one. Yeah, I would expect Lucas Sims to get the next couple opportunities, um, you know, just just until Garrett gets right. I mean, he, he does um, not to say Garrett will will be completely uh, uh, removed from the ninth inning. You know, if, if there's a lefty heavy lineup coming up in the ninth, I would expect him to uh, to to get the op there. But, you know, Sims has been great. Um, I actually moved him up significantly in our closers and waiting ranks to number four um i think he'll probably end up with more saves at the end of season uh it's just you know yeah garrett needs to get right yeah needs that time and you know sims might not give it back up and that's the thing i mean because sims is really good you know the the only question is is david bell want to have the flexibility to use him whenever when you know in leveraged moments he seems like one of those managers that w- wants to do that. I think he was trying to do that a couple of years ago with Rizal Iglesias, and Iglesias complained so much and kind of spit the bit in those opportunities that he kind of reverted back to using him as more as a traditional closer. But I think, given his brother, uh, given his brothers, I think Bell would be happy to have multiple guys get saves. Yeah, maybe Sean Doolittle enters the mix at some point. Yeah, you know he has so experience. Um, you know why not? Right, and then of course the wild card is T.J. Antone, but I think they want to keep him in multi multi inning situations and maybe even start at some point. We'll see about that. Kind of depends yep. on how well Hoffman does. Right, yeah, Antone's been exciting. Uh, I was on him in draft season. It's been great this year. Um, just just fun to watch. Just no wins or saves to to show for it there. Uh, so that that's the tricky part. But yeah, seventeen seventeen Ks in ten and two third innings. I'll take that. Three holds so far. If you're in a holds league he's been gold yeah and you'll take those ratios every day yep so exactly right uh toronto yesterday had uh you know you know had their first save since uh jordan romano went on the aisle and it wasn't rafael delis that got the save uh obviously romano and merriweather and chatwood were on the aisle david phelps wasn't available it wasn't ryan borecki it wasn't you know Tim Miza started the ninth inning, but as Anthony Castro came in to get the last out, you know it's funny because Charlie Montoyo did say at the start of you know, after uh, Kirby Yates got hurt, he did say he wanted to use a committee of sorts. He's kind of acting like that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and to look up who Anthony Castro was, didn't <laughs> no so idea. Did a lot of people yesterday. Yeah, yeah. only had five. Uh, yesterday was his uh, fifth uh, big league appearance, so it was a little unexpected for him to get the nod. But Delise worked the eighth um, against uh, you know some tough righties. Gave up a homer to uh, Xander Bogarts. Um, yeah, the, I, I I don't think even when Romano comes back, uh, you know, which likely to be next week. Um, uh, I don't think uh, he's prime for most of the opportunities either. I think it's truly a, a fluid bullpen where, you know, they just 
you know, Rom- Romano's probably going to be their highest leverage guy, so they'll use him in the most important situations. Sometimes that'll be the ninth, but it won't always be the case. Yeah, uh, and it, this is we've we've had a good chunk of fab money spent on three different Blue Jays relievers, and they're not netting saves for all those guys. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I I, I uh, bid minimally on Delise in one league where where I needed kind of a third guy, um, knowing that uh, you know it was kind of. Uh, unsure that uh he would he would step into that role so uh, we we saw it came to fruition uh, uh tim miza started the ninth against a couple lefties but uh um, jd martinez was coming up who's a notorious uh, lefty killer so uh that's where castro came in to get get the last out yeah uh i i, I mean i think romano gets probably more than others all things being equal because i think merriweather's going to be gone for a while still um uh, but yeah, I think they'll just mix and match as the best they can. So we'll we'll, we'll watch that one closely. What do you do in Minnesota? Uh, Alex Colomay really spit the bit again yesterday. Gave up two runs in the uh, in the ninth. The tenth inning was not all his fault. He did put two guys on to begin with there, but he should have got out of it, gotten a win at least. Uh, what's your take on the Twins bullpen situation? Yeah, I think they should turn to Taylor Rogers. Uh, he's been great this year, nine to one K to walk in seven to two seven to two thirds innings. He pitched two and a third yesterday, uh, scoreless innings yesterday. Came on in uh, I think to get the last out of the sixth inning, and then came on through the eighth. Uh, had three strikeouts, um, saved thirty games for the Twins in twenty nineteen, nine last year. Um, you know, great ground ball rate, nice speed on his fastball. I think I think it's just logical to go to him. But uh, Hansel Robles also uh, in the Twins bullpen, saved 23 games for the Angels 2019. Um, he's been doing okay this year. Uh, ERA is a bit high, but uh, strikeouts are there nine and nine and seven innings, so he could be an option for him too. If you are a poor Colome owner, do you hold him and hope that he gets better and gets it back, or are you cutting bait? I think it depends on how, uh, like, what the options are, right? right. Like, if if Colome is like your second closer and you have no one else, I think I think you kind of have to hold him. And there's, especially if there's nobody on the on the if, wire. If Stephen Crichton is out there on the waiver wire, unlikely, but you never know. Some leagues are, you know, and leagues, are, you know, we, we, the leagues we play in aren't always the same experience as everybody else. So, say if right. he is, does happen to be out there, are, are, would you would you make that swap? Mm, that's tough. <laughs> um, probably right now. Um, or I would go pick up Taylor Rogers. Um, Calme hasn't been great. I mean, uh, you know, and they have experienced options behind them. You know, if they're six and 11, they need to win some games. And if Calme is not going to hold the wins for them, then, you know, of course the defense, you know, has to play better too, but, um, you know, they're expected to, to contend for the division. Like, you know, right there with the White Sox and the Indians. So, sure. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I would, I would, uh, I would turn to those guys. Speaking of Crichton, he's gotten the last two saves for the the Diamondbacks. First time we've actually seen a pitcher used as a traditional closer for this team. Do you think the job is his? Yeah, I think so. Um, Devensky's injured. Um, Soria's out. Um, the Ginkle experience never came to fruition. <laughs> Um, although he did work the eighth yesterday, I believe. Yeah, uh, and he actually got a couple of strikeouts too. Yeah, um, I actually did think uh, Yoan Lopez was. Uh, he started great this year. Um, uh, 
uh, I thought he might have a shot at it, but uh, you know, I guess they're going with what you know who they used last year. Yeah. So. And, and the Tori Lavallo quote at the end of spring training, how he is inspired by Kevin Cash's usage of the uh, Rays bullpen. I mean, that's kind of come to fruition, except with with lesser bullpen arms to begin with. I mean, he's had his choices back there haven't been that strong. Yeah, I think the lack of quality options uh, is kind of you know Crichton's just kind of been the benefactor of. <laughs> Nobody else being very good. Yeah. For that matter, the, the Rays don't have as many good options back there as they did in the past. So many injuries have decimated this bullpen. Uh, Diego Castillo blew a save yesterday, and yeah, yep. wild game. This is one of the, I, I, I think it was I think it was one of those days where the ball was flying in Kansas City too. But uh, of course, he gave up you know you know he gave up a walk and a single, then the safety squeeze. Uh, he had a wild pitch mixed in there. Ugly, ugly game, but uh, you know. He's still pretty much. They've been almost forced to use him as a traditional closer more, more often than not, which is kind of weird to see. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, uh, you know, injuries to Pete Fairbanks, Nick Anderson. You know, they've kind of forced their hand. I mean, Jeffrey Spring has got a save uh, the other day. Uh, gave up a couple of runs yesterday, I believe. But, yeah, I got uh, rightly punished for rostering Springs and uh, AL Towers. I thought I'd just take a flyer, see if he's like the five to seven save guy for the season. And of course he comes in the seventh, sixth or seventh inning and gives up three runs. You're like, Ugh, good job, Jeff. Right. Well done. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's just, yeah, no Fairbanks, no Anderson, no McHugh, no Reed, uh, Chaz Rose out for the year. Posh and peaks were already out for the year. Oliver Drake's out for the year. That's a lot of arms down. Yeah. That's, that's unfortunate, but yeah, they, now they have to go back to the more, the more traditional role. Cause Steve is the best pitcher left. Uh, Seattle, they did a non-traditional save on Monday. If Kevin O'Graveman is the closer, he came in as a fireman and got like two outs in the seventh and got three outs in the eighth. They let uh, Montero get the save in the ninth. You know, I think this, you know, I still think Graveman's going to return some value from all those big fab bids over the weekend, but pretty frustrating if you just spent triple digits on him and then see him not get the next save opportunity. Yeah. Um, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't pick him up anywhere. Um, knowing uh, Scott Service is, you know, going to be pretty fluid with this bullpen. Um, Montero will still get plenty of saves. Graveman will get, uh, you know, will get some saves. I think they'll they'll be um, similar to the Rays last year, where they just, you know, right now Graveman is the highest leverage reliever in their bullpen, um, which should result in plenty of the saves. But uh, you know, I think the I think when he came on. On Monday in the seventh, um, I think the the pitcher before him put a couple guys on, so it was kind of like a cleanup. Mm-hmm. And then he got out of that, and then pitched the eighth, and then you know Montero for the ninth. So, um, yeah, I still think you're right. He'll he'll, ret- he'll return some value still, um, but uh, you know may not be as many save opportunities as people like, especially those who bid triple digits on him. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. Any other uh, save situations you want to talk about? Uh, maybe Detroit. Uh, saw Gregory Soto got the save. Garcia had gotten some pre- previously. They don't really have a de- declared closer either. No, um, it, it's been pretty split between them. Jose Jose Cisnero is an option too. Thirty-two um, year old, uh, uh, nice strikeout rate, but um, blew a save I think earlier this year. Um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see who who earns the most out of uh, out of that uh, pen. But I think uh, you know, I think it's a uh, um, 
one of them's the right. Garcia, I think, is the righty. Soto's the lefty. Yeah. Um, I think they'll just play the matchups with him. Could could very well. I think Soto has pitched the tallest pitch of the season. Uh, Three one, uh, <laughs> right? Almost over the backstop. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it was it was pretty impressive to see. But eleven Ks, five walks, and eight and a third, and that pretty much encapsulates him. He throws really hard, but he has no idea where it's going. Uh, I feel like that. Uh, he, if you if you roster him and you have him active, don't watch his save chances. It's not. It, it's going to be kind of laborious. Is, is what I think is going to happen probably. <laughs> right, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I you know, try not to watch your closer. Watch other people's closers. That's always been my rule of thumb. Anyhow. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, before we get on to uh, talking uh, NFBC uh, and also taking a couple of uh, listener questions, quick note from our sponsor at Underdog. Football season approaches, and you've got to check out these new best ball leagues on Underdog. Best ball is the ultimate test of your live draft skills since there's no in-season management. That's right. Draft your team, and Underdog automatically credits you with your best-performing players every week. You don't need to play the waiver wire or worry about trades. It's just the draft. Who doesn't love drafting? In Underdog Best Ball, you can draft as many times as you want because you don't have to do any roster management, saving you loads of time. Underdog's Best Ball Leagues are drafting right now, starting at just $3. Once the season starts, Underdog also has, a, has daily fantasy and an all-new Pick'em game. Go download the Underdog app now to get in on some Best Ball before the season starts. Enter promo code ROTOWIRE with your first deposit, and Underdog will honor a money-back guarantee during your first month. Love Underdog or get your money back with promo code ROTOWIRE. Search Underdog in your app store and enter promo code ROTOWIRE. My guest is Ryan Roof. He is the uh, manager of the Closer Grid on ROTOWIRE. Uh, he also does very well in the NFBC. He's an uh, Indians fan, and he's going to go ahead and jump on, and uh, you know, and, and he's going to be playing the main event next year because he dominated. I, I shouldn't overstate, but he won the Fan Ball uh, day, Friday Night Daily contest to win a main event seat. So that was really good. Uh, before we get into that, though, a couple of questions here. Uh, we'll, get, we'll hit these up real quick, Ryan, and then we'll jump on and go, go from there. But a couple sure. of ones. Uh, Mike Carter asks, these are, this is all closer-related questions. Are you ready to drop Colome or Garrett? Do we hang on with these guys? Yeah, I think it, I think it depends on uh, the other options that are available. If you're dropping them for like a, a like a surefire closer, like uh, you know a Neris or, or who's probably not available, but um, you know, yeah, I mean maybe uh, we talked about the swap from Column A to Crichton. Maybe do that. Um, Crichton appears to have the role right now, um, but uh, you know those guys will still get saves the rest of this year. Um, you know, may not be as many as you want, but they'll still get some. So, um, you know, I think you kind of have to gauge like, right. You know, who you're dropping them for and then who your other options are on your team. Yeah. On a related note, another related question, another drop question, Nick Durazo asks, uh, Garrett and Pagan and Al- Jose Alvarado worth holding on to in an inel only or safe drops with something intriguing comes up on the waiver wire. Uh, you know, because the, the nightmare is you drop a guy and then he ends up being the closer, like I did with Stephen Crichton, actually, in the main event. Yeah. Yeah. And in NL, NL only, I think you hold those guys. I mean, because they're still useful, even if they're not in the closer role. They're in a great ratio strikeout rates um, and could easily step into the role. So I think you kind of have to be careful, um, you know, not to say I wouldn't drop any of those guys. Um, uh, you know, if somebody like Yimmy Garcia comes out and, and, you know, takes the reins, sure. something like that. But 
um, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, they're still they're still useful at least on your roster. Yeah, that that Miami one that's pretty much settled now. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty much definitely him. So that's it's interesting. Uh, we got some yes. breaking news, uh, by the way. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Rob Beer Temple, uh, he uh, covers the uh, Pirates for the Athletic. Reports that uh, Brian Hayes reaggravated his left injury la- left wrist injury last night while taking high velocity swings off a pitching machine. It's a sa- it happened on the same type of swing as before, and he's going to go see a specialist in Pittsburgh. So we're expecting him back this week. Not anymore. That's tough. Um, he was one guy I didn't get in drafts, but I really wanted. Um, same, and I really wanted him. Um, so that's tough. I mean, he's really kind of the lone bright spot of the pirates offense. So, uh, that's tough for them and their fan base. Um, but, uh, we'll see how severe, uh, this ends up being. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like Phil Evans is going to continue to get more playing time. He, I mean, he's actually been a pirate that's done. Okay. So far he, yep. Colin Moran have been all right. Uh, it's we're, we're, in a deep league. These, these guys matter. Yep. Yeah. Evans been pretty good. Um, Hitting almost 300, uh, a couple home runs, four, four home runs. Wow. Uh, I thought thought it was less than that. That's great. So 28 years old, he should be able to step in um, and take advantage of that playing time that he's getting with Hazo. We lost him in the first uh, week of the season. I mean, the hitter attrition has been wild. How many hitters we've lost. Uh, and we, Liz and I were just talking yesterday about the top 80, according like NFBC main event uh, ADP, and it's like 12 hitters versus five pitchers. Everyone was worried about the pitchers being the tri- the tough, the scarier investment, but it's been the hitter so far. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's strange how that works. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's – my guess, and this is, is that I don't think it's like a case of Major League Baseball not being prepared for hitters. Or, like, they're better prepared for pitchers. I think it's just been – I think it's more – luck of the draw so far but we'll see yeah it's early you know so all right a couple other things i want to talk about um ryan congratulations you're playing in the main event next year you won the thanks you won the fan ball friday night dfs contest tell everybody about that what was the entry fee uh how did you and what did you do to win yeah, so I actually was scrolling through Twitter. I saw a tweet from uh, Phil Dussault about the qualifier. I didn't even know they existed. Um, it's fifty dollars, uh, fifty entries, um, or or it's the contest is fifty fifty people max. Um, you can enter up to three uh, entries in it. Um, I, I seem to have really good luck in qualifiers. <laughs> nice. Uh, actually, uh, in 2005, I qualified for the World Series of Poker main event in did Las you Vegas. Really? I did. Yeah, I played in the World Series of Poker. I didn't um, know that. That's awesome. Didn't make it out of the first day, um, but it was funny. Uh, I, I I busted out like right before the end of day one, and around the same time that actress uh, Mimi Rogers um, busted out. So we had a little, you know, we commiserated a little bit together, took a picture. So that's fun. fun experience. Uh, it was, it was a lot of fun, but, uh, how'd you qualify? I, was it online or was it in a local casino where, how, cause that's 2005. That's yeah, it was a long time. This is when, uh, you know, the, the, um, there were no restrictions on the U S right. for, for online poker. So yeah, it was a, it was an online tournament that I qualified for. Um, and it was just so much fun. Had a lot of fun. Hope it comes back because I would love to start playing online again. Just uh, do it with my buddies, you know. But um, for actual like 
significant money, it'd be nice to to get in there again. Yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah, the the fan ball contest, I'd never played on fan ball before. Had to ed- educate myself on the scoring. Um, saw that, uh, you know, I, I played DFS on FanDuel um, mostly. Um, so the scoring was way different than what I was used to. Um, you know, on, on fan, FanDuel, your, your pitchers tend to score a lot more. Strikeouts are weighted pretty heavily. Um, here on fan ball, uh, you know, I went with Scherzer as my pitcher. He had a great matchup against the Diamondbacks. Didn't really like the other options uh, that night. Um, uh, so went with Scherzer. He topped out around 30 points. Um but the hitters, uh, especially extra base hits, seem to, you know, uh, score more, uh, get more points for those. So um, started with Trout. New Scherzer and Trout would be pretty heavily owned in a 50-person uh, tournament. So uh, tried to be a little bit more unique with the rest of my roster. Um, the pricing uh, played with my mind a little bit there on Fanball, too. Um, Nelson Cruz was very cheap. Uh, I think he was like 5,100, um, uh, I think against the lefty. I think they were facing Andrew Heaney, too, that night. So uh, I was like, I should probably use him, but he'll be chalky. So I pivoted to Otani, who I, I think got a couple points that night. Um, Cruz, I don't think, got a hit, so it, it ended up paying off. But I knew the rest of my roster had to, had to be a little bit, uh, you know, different than sure. – you know, contrarian, so to speak. So, um, Mitch Garver is a guy uh, who had a really great night that night. He's a notorious uh, lefty killer. Um, not really batting well against lefties this year, but um, in the past he has, and he had a good night that night against Heaney. So, um, I think he had a home run double or something like that. So, uh, yeah, got really lucky. I'm super excited to play in the main event. Um, have never. I've been talking about playing it for years. Um, I'm not super rich or anything, so unfortunately, right. I haven't been able to. Um, but so, you have played in, uh, like you said, you, you're playing in some draft champions leagues, and you have played in the online championship before, right? And, yep. and you've done. And if I recall correctly, you had a really you, you were way high up in the overall rankings one of the years on the online championship. Yeah, 2018, the year Clay finished top 10. I, I, I finished top 15 in the online championship, so that was that was fun. Um, it's it's been interesting um i've been playing nfbc for about uh eight years um and only just this year looked at kind of like how i've been performing in the different form in the different contests uh, the online championship um i've won a league you know the top the year i finished in the overall um but uh um my average finish is like 3.3 out of like 10 leagues or something like that over the years. So, um, doing well in that format. Um, uh, but draft champions is, uh, you know, it's been terrible. <laughs> but, the, the 12 versus 15 is a big difference. And the lack yeah, of, and so. the lack, obviously the lack of pickups, you know, it's a different, right. it, it requires a different skill set. and free, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, usually I start, uh, you know, I, you know, I usually uh, start my draft season with draft champions leagues to get, you know, it's one of the reason ways I try to get a better feel for the player pool. But same, and yep. you go deeper. But the the problem too is, it, I mean, you really need to know how to fill out those last roster spots there in the, in the draft champions. So you're not, yeah, you know, so you're not uh, listed. You know, you're not dealing with like vacancies and and when injuries inevitably hit because they will hit. Yeah, those last twenty rounds are super important. I mean, I, I really 
you know, kind of approach those like, you know, I want, I'm probably going to need these players at some point this year. I mean, uh, Kyle Isbell was a 50 round, 50th round draft pick in my first uh, draft draft champions league this year. And I was starting him week one, you know, (laughs) due to other injuries, you know, Springer was out. um, So I had to use them. And uh, right. So every, every round is important. So uh, yeah, those 15 teamers are, are definitely a different beast. Uh, I have a lot of prep I need to do to, uh, in order to prepare for the main event. I did join a main event qualifier this year just to kind of get, um, you know, used to the 15 teamers with fab. Oh, good. Um, so, but you know, even then, you know, the, the whole fab is a different beast when it's, when it's an actual main versus a main event qualifier. So sure. Sure. Be but, trying to do my homework. Yeah, and but in this way you get a lower price point to get a better feel for it. I like it. Good stuff. Yep. Uh, and how about finally we'll finish with a, another form, a, another deep format, but it's a keeper format. That's the Rotowire Staff Keeper League, where you've won three out of the last four years. Uh, you've got a strong team again this year. What's the secret to your success besides trading with me? <laughs> um, I mean, really, I. I I took over Derek Van Riper's franchise in 2015. He really just had a stacked roster, um, especially in the minors. Uh, We're talking Giolito, Jose Barrios, Devers, Corey Seager, Tim Anderson, Matt Olson. I mean, I really just had an embarrassment of riches uh, to work with. Um, And really, you know, when you take over a team from someone, you want you want to make it your own. So I just kind of went on a flurry of trades uh, with the entire league. and just kind of set the foundation for what I wanted the team to be. So uh, ended up trading uh, Corey Sager for, for Lindor um, and a minors eligible Aaron Nola at the time. Um, so that trade worked out. Um, yep. And then um, it was funny you brought up Matt Latos uh, on the podcast earlier this week because I did trade him to you in 2016 uh, with Wellington Castillo for uh, Trey Turner, uh, we'll just say that worked out in my favor. <laughs> and I <laughs> Sorry had multiple shortstops. I had like th- two or three shortstops, and I'm like, oh, you know. The thing is, if you're ever going to trade that elite shortstop prospect, make sure you get full value. I did not. Yeah. Get full. Narrator. He did not. I mean, get to full be value. to be fair, Latos was pitching well early that year. He was lights out. So uh, I mean, and I think you were in contention. So. Um, you know, I think as far as um, trading goes, I have not been afraid to deal draft picks. I don't really weigh them, uh, you know, as heavily as other people in the league. Um, I think I've traded my first round pick every year that I was in contention. Um, you know, just because the the minors and reserve portion of our draft, I mean, there's there's so many players you can valuable players you can pick up um, yep. late in the draft. Uh, I think prior to last season. Tristan McKenzie was coming off an injury in 2019. He was one of my last round picks uh, in the reserves. So um, I've been pretty uh, uh, crazy trading uh, draft picks um, and just been aggressive in in acquiring elite talent that's that's um, you know on expiring contracts. Uh, I think we made a trade uh, together uh for trout one year when he was uh expiring and you were you were trying to rebuild so yeah that one actually I, i'm i'm happy with the results of that although yep. paddock not as much to this year that as in previous years that's that he was part of that deal uh but i also got Mun- a, a really a very good priced muncie in that deal uh and a third there's another a uh, couple other options in that too so yeah it worked yep. out pretty well and the thing is 
you you got to leverage your chances to win. When you got a chance to win, you got to go hard. Uh, when you're in, oh yeah, in, 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 yeah, especially an eighteen team keeper league like that. Yeah, and and you got to obviously have a well balanced roster. I mean, it's a deep deep league. I mean, you're you're rostering. We start five outfielders in a league, so I mean, you're. Uh, there's very little available on waivers. Yep. So um, having the depth is super important. In the reserves, I like to target uh, multi-positional uh, players um, just to have that roster flexibility. Guys like Enrique Hernandez, um, Mike Brousseau, I, I drafted this year. Yeah. Because um, uh, I think three spots he was eligible at. So, um, And in the minors, I just like to target guys who's um, – ETA is this season or next. I don't. I don't like playing the long game. I like to be competitive in in my keeper keeper dynasty leagues. So I want guys who are close to the majors. Um, uh, Paddock in 2018, uh, Rosa and Tristan McKenzie in 2020. Um, those were guys I, I targeted because I knew they were they were coming up. They had you know good minor league uh, resumes. So. Um, I'm just looking for guys that are close to the big leagues. That's a good idea. Uh, I think that's a good reminder. And, you know, of course, if you're rebuilding, the long game might be more apropos at some times. Uh, and, and usually the long game guys are also a little cheaper to acquire. But, and again, sometimes they're not – Sometimes, but then again, sometimes like a Rosarena wasn't high on prospect list, but he was close. So that, that, that also came a little clo- uh, cheaper that way too as well in terms of draft costs. So. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that way of looking at that. Uh, Ryan, yeah, I like great. to look. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. What you were saying? Yeah, I, uh, I like targeting those guys in like the hundred to two hundred range. Those mm-hmm. hitters, especially. Um, I, I kind of look at their minor league resumes and, and just see like, okay, so this guy's pretty good. Gets on base at a good clip. Doesn't strike out too much. Your Rosarenas. The I, I really like Jaron Duran from the Red Sox, uh, yep. especially for steals. Um, he was a guy I picked up. So. That's kind of like the range I, I target for for hitters. Very good. Uh, who did you get this year in the in the draft? Um, this year I picked up Bobby Bradley, Brendan McKay, and Demarcus Evans, uh, reliever for the the Rangers, um, who might step into the closer role at some point this year if he's healthy. Um, yeah, I did. He, buy he was making some noise in spring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did buy Torkelson in the draft, uh, knowing after this year, um, you know this. This year is the year where all my high-priced uh, or elite players are coming off uh, their contracts. So uh, I will likely have to rebuild next year. So I bought Torkelson in the draft knowing that. Um, it's the one, gre- one regret, though, I have from, from this year's auction that I'd, I'd much rather use that for a, that, that a, a player. That process doesn't often work very well. Uh, yeah. I'll say that. Uh, wow, you had, you had McKinstry as a keeper going into this season. Impressive. Uh, that's another one, a good example of uh, targeting a guy like that. Uh, yep. So that, that work, that's, been, that's already borne some fruit, which is always nice. Um, that's going to wrap up today's show. We got uh, Clay and Todd tomorrow with two start starters. I want to thank you guys for listening. Thanks for sending us the questions. Uh, good luck in your leagues. Please, as always, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It means a lot to us. Uh, I want to thank Ryan for joining me today, and good luck uh, on all your leagues uh, for the rest of this week. Take care. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks for the time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.